My guest today is the front man for one of the great prog metal bands of all time, Queensryche. They have a new album out called Condition Human. I'd like to welcome Todd Latore. Hey, Todd, how are you? Roy. Yeah. Sorry for the delay. No, no problem, man. I figured there's always some kind of little little mix-up, but nothing I'm on, can't I'm on the bus, so here we are. Cool. Well, listen, so I guess you're on the bus, you said. Where are you? That's a good question. I don't know. I think I'm in <laughs> Utah or Nevada. I don't know where I'm at. Yeah, the life. I literally life. just woke up and here I am. I'm <laughs> at a. I'm in a casino parking lot with three Scorpions buses and our bus, and so I don't know. Well, that leads me to uh, a good <laughs> question about how the tour with the Scorpions has been. It's been great. Um, you know, they playing the big arenas again and uh, really great pavilions and uh, you know amphitheaters and whatnot. They have. Uh, they're very gracious people. They're, the band is super nice. Their crew is, uh, they're all great people and very uh, helpful to us if we need something. And, you know, we've been playing 40 to 45 minute sets with them and getting the crowd jazzed up for them. And it's been a lot of fun. We've still got, I don't know, four or five more shows with them. So, uh, you know, we couldn't be more thrilled. The bigger news, of course, is a new album coming out. Uh, yeah, Condition, Condition Human, and in just a few days, um, October second. Uh, man, the reviews have been amazing all over the place, and I, I've had a chance to sit with it for a few weeks myself, and I'm literally blown away with how incredible it is. And it's wow, that's such, great to hear. Thank it, you. It is such a fun album to listen to, really. And and so I have to I have to ask. Uh, are you guys uh, sort of feeling that response and, and, and getting excited about uh, releasing the album? Exactly. Uh, the people that have heard it so far, uh, the general consensus seems to be this is definitely Queens, you know, Queensryche, but, but with a, a sounding modern, you know, in 2015. And, uh, you know, they, they seem to appreciate the diversity of the album but uh, you know, there's there's some heavy driving stuff and then slower stuff, and so I think that there's something for everyone on the record. We put a lot of lot of work into it, and certainly you never know how that's going to translate when it's released for people. But uh, all of the reviews have been very positive and supportive of what we're doing, so can't complain there. No, absolutely. Um, you know, the the previous album was was uh, fantastic in its own right, but did you feel like coming around this with this second time around with the band that um, you know, maybe that first one was sort of getting to feel each other around as a band again and, and you know, and recording and now this moving into this second album was okay, now we can really, you know, experiment and and throw everything at it. I think so. Doing. I think so. I I remember, you know, the the last record, um, and I've said this before, is I think that upon first listen, uh, the last record would have been a little bit more palatable to uh, to the to the average ear, um, <clears throat> and it didn't have quite the the layers and the complexity in the songwriting that this does. This is you know more experimental. It's uh, got a heavier drive through it, and it's a longer album. We we weren't, um, you know, we wanted, like, with the title track, Condition Human, that was something that we just uh, enjoyed having it break down the way that it did and have this big solo section 
and and you know it's it comes in around eight minutes, and so it's fun to be able to to express ourselves musically that way without worrying about we need to be into a hook by one minute or you know we don't write songs uh, from that kind of a radio format, um, and and Queensrÿche really kind of never did that certainly in its formative years, um, so it was a lot of fun and. And, you know, we thought when we started writing this record, you know, we need to dig a little deeper and push ourselves in some creative ways that, that the last record didn't show. And I think that we executed that well. And, uh, you know, we'll see what the next record brings. But <laughs> certainly, in my opinion, it was, uh, even though the last record is great and I love it, to me, this one is more, it feels more like my record. Um, because I, I got to do, because it's longer and there's there's more songs, I was able to express vocally some things that I didn't get a chance to do on the last one just because the songs didn't call for it. And so that was really pleasing to me to be able to do that. And so everyone was very uh, involved in the writing process of all the songs, and it's a true band effort, uh, which is which is always great. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and and the title track is absolutely one of my favorites. It's just, it's just a great way to close it out. Cool. So yes. You have uh, been in the band now for how long? I've been in the band. Let's see. When did I get into the band? June or July? July, I think, of two thousand twelve. Okay. Right. So, yeah, over three years. And uh, yeah, you've probably told the story of of meeting the guys and 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 getting the gig, but. Give me the sort of Cliff Notes version for those that, that don't the, know it by Cliff, now. Sure. Cliff Note version. Really quick. <laughs> I'll summarize. Uh, I was in a band called Crimson Glory at the time. I went to the NAMM convention in California. I was at a private artist dinner party for Seymour Duncan as a guest for a friend of mine. Um, I met Michael Wilton at the dinner. We sat down and uh, started talking very casually about doing some side um, project things for television, sports, real music, that, that kind of a thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, we exchanged information. He did some homework on me and researched and gave me some tunes uh, to play with. And we, we just had a good rapport and, and a good chemistry from the beginning. <clears throat> and then at that point, um, Queensryche only had a handful of dates. Uh, Jeff was out promote, promoting a solo record at the time. And so they, Michael thought, hey, what if we put a side project together and go play, you know, old Queen, like the really old Queen Drake stuff and maybe a couple cover songs and have fun and see what happens. And we can play some shows uh, while Queen Drake is kind of on, you know, had some downtime as a band. And then when Queen Drake were to resume again, then, you know, they would go do Queen Strike and, you know, uh, the side project would just kind of either go away or it would just be uh, off to the sides. And if we were going to do something at another point, then fine. But that was how I, I met Michael. He introduced me to the rest of the guys uh, via email. We had phone calls. I did some kind of quick little demo recordings just so they could hear me singing the old stuff um, to, you know, so that they felt, yeah, we can do all this old stuff. Uh, with justice, <clears throat> and so uh, when shit hit the fan with with Queens, right? 
because I was already working with the guys in, in this side project, um, it just made sense for them, and it was just a lateral transition, basically, that I became the singer of Queensryche, and we, we you know, the rest is kind of history from yeah. there. We started writing songs, and, and of course, there was the lawsuit, and then there was a settlement, and here we are a couple years later. And so finally, post-settlement, this is the first Queensryche release with all of that uh, madness behind us. Yeah, it feels like a crazy, busy, hectic couple of years there, you know, and, and, and now you're able to sort of breathe and, and you have this new album coming out. So that's got to be just going to be a really comfortable time for you guys. It's really great. I mean, a lot of opportunities um, have presented themselves that um, I'm told Queen Drake wasn't presented in many years. And so we were very thankful to... Um, to play some of the higher profile festivals in Europe. We were able to play Vakken, which was, you know, around 75,000, 80,000 people. Um, you know, we've got to, to, to do uh, Bang Your Head Festival again and, you know, tour all throughout Europe. And now we're on tour with the Scorpions, which is a huge uh, thing for us. And we're very happy with that. So a lot of, lot of great things are shaping up you know we shot uh, some videos for the new album and uh there's a lot of interest in the industry for queens right again that uh, otherwise seem to be a bit dormant and so i wouldn't credit that to me but i would certainly credit it to just the overall chemistry that the, that the lineup has um and the freedom to create musically as an entire band without bringing in outside writers to write to write all the songs and that kind of a thing. So it's definitely, you know, a great time for the band. The guys are very happy. We're very enthusiastic and optimistic about the future of the band. And, you know, we're having a great time. Let's dissect the album a little bit. Sure. Uh, you know, the you were saying that it is a bit more complex. There's a, there's a lot more that goes into each song and more diversity. But one of the things that really stuck out to me in it right away is, uh, you know, the opening track, Arrow of Time, has, uh, you know, the guitar riff kind of comes in. And then those first toms are like the loudest, <laughs> most epic drums that, you know, Scott Rockenfield has, has sort of produced in a long time. So what was, was there a focus this time around on like, let's really get that drum sound in there? Because I feel like that was something that was missing for a while and it really hits you in the face right right away. Well, a lot of, I mean, Scott is an amazing drummer. His his phrasing and, and the way that he writes his drum parts are just very unique and he drummed his ass off on this album. And Zeus, Chris Harris, our producer and engineer, was you know he he's done a lot of the metalcore bands, um, Shadows Fall and Hatebreed and uh, a plethora of of bands in the, in the heavier genre of metal. And so a lot of those drummers, you know, he's he really knows what he's doing. And you know there were times where you know he, he might say, okay, you've hit the first two rack toms enough here. Let's do some more four tom work and the China symbol or. Um, you know, so as an outsider, you know, because when you're, when you're a musician, you're playing your parts and it's just how you play. But from an outsider listening, you say, okay, I've heard that fill before too many times here. Let's go over here. or Let's add some more footwork here. Um, you know, let's, so he was very, um, 
very good at, uh, you know, dissecting Scott's drum parts and just doing various takes and, and trying things just a million different ways until it was the best drum parts for each song. And, uh, you know, I think he really pushed Scott a lot. Scott's drumming on this record is just, it's awesome. Um, yeah. It's the Scott Rockenfield that we all know and love, and he certainly is is so alive on this album. And the recording quality of everything is just, it's perfect. And so, uh, but then it's modern, you know? I mean, also on the drums, you know, Scott... Uh, there's, there's, you know, on the big chorus, or sometimes there's, there's riding on a crash cymbal, which is, I wouldn't want to say a modern thing, but it's, it kind of is, um, right. you know, more of the old, the older drumming uh, on, on older records. You don't typically hear a lot. of Sabbath did it, but you don't hear a lot of the crash, the crashing, you know, for a ride pattern like you do today, and it just beats up the chorus and does the feel of a heavy part so much more than. A, a wide symbol or a hi hat. So something as simple as that, yet so powerful, um, that may be a little bit out of what Scott would normally have done. I think he certainly, you know, he he experimented in some things that, that maybe he otherwise wouldn't have done. And he did that with the vocals, with the guitars. You know, he was he was very respectful. Um, you know, he wasn't rude or anything when he would say, you know, that's let's do it this way or not good enough. We, we, we became very good friends. And vocally, if I did something, you would say, yeah, you know, do it this way or try it that way. You can, you know, it's, that's really good, but it's not hitting me. And he would bring out the best performances in all of us. And because Zeus was a huge Queensryche fan, you know, he wanted to bring back those, those key elements that were known, that Queensryche was known for, like the dual guitar harmony parts and all of the layers that, that and that's what I'm saying when I talk about the complexity. There's just so many layers. There's a guitar picking something different on the uh, that's panned right, and then you've got another thing on the left side. Then you have something kind of all on both sides, and then maybe a clean thing that only happens once during this part. And so upon multiple listens, especially with headphones, yeah. with a really good pair of headphones, you put the record on, you hear things that you you probably wouldn't notice just maybe on a regular regular set of speakers or something. So, yeah, there was a lot of a lot of time and effort put into all those details. Everything that was recorded on the record was completely done for a reason, and there was nothing that wasn't microscoped. Everything was completely microscoped, and, it, you know, it is what it is now. <laughs> um, how, do, how did the songwriting happen with, with this one? Was it so different than the last album? Uh, no, typically, uh, typically most of the songs happen um, by email. You know, what, they'll they'll send me an MP3 of an idea, and then I will start creating melodies and uh, and then shoot those over. And if everyone likes what I did, then I'll start writing. Uh, I'll figure out what I want to write this about. You know, what does the music make me feel for a topic? And then I just go with my intuition, and and it's it happens that way. Then when we're on the road together, you know, they all have their their laptops and and Pro Tools and their computers. And then on the road, we'll go over those ideas, and and that's where it starts to to take shape in in a room with all of us. And then of course pre-production. Once the demos are kind of there, 
in pre-production is when you really break all the songs down and dissect them all and say, okay, this, this is a kind of a generic format. We need to change this here, get rid of that verse there, make the chorus, you know, half as long here. And, and so that's when all of the arranging really kind of gets finalized before you're going to actually do the real recording. Um, so most of it initially is done via email and then we fill in the gaps in person. That's pretty cool. Um, yeah. uh, one of the songs uh, that, that has a bit of that uh, kind of old uh, element complexity to it is Hellfire, which you guys just released as a, as a stream uh, online. Um, yeah. Yeah. Tell me a little bit about how that song came together and, uh, you know, was it sort of in the beginning or the end of the process? Um, Michael had this acoustic riff um, that just... Uh, he, I, I think it was part of something he did called Hollow. It was a song, and he soloed over it. Um, but, but he ended up, he really liked it. It had a unique sound. And so that becomes the intro and part of it, the outro of the song. Uh, and then, you know, when the, when, the, when the whole band kicks in, it's just got this kind of mid, mid-tempo to slow, really heavy groove. And the kick drum and the bass, uh, Eddie's bass, just lock in brilliantly together. And then, of course, uh, you know, the, the vocal, uh, you know, I was able to do some of the higher gritty style singing that I do on a few parts of that song. Um, and then Parker, you know, Parker goes off in part of the song in the solo, which is really awesome. And Parker got a lot of... <clears throat> He was able to express himself uh, on this record a lot more than the last one as well. Certainly when we play live and we're playing songs that that uh, Michael and Chris DeGarmo played guitar on, Parker plays all the parts identical. Uh, but on the new stuff that we write, certainly he he does what he does, which is great that he you know he's able to write his own solos and shred and do whatever he wants. And he's, he wrote some really tasteful, melodic uh, guitar melodies on this record. Bulletproof, for example, I-9 was Parker's solo, um, oh, cool. that shredding part of Hellfire. Yeah, and so so it was really great for, you know, to hear, to hear uh, him be able to do what he does. Uh, what about a, a big tour uh, to promote the album once you're off with uh, with Scorpions? Is there stuff being planned for maybe next year? There is, yeah. Uh, in January, we'll start. They're they're putting together a tour now, um, so we're working on touring uh, for a good four weeks, I believe, January to February. Then we have, I think, the Monsters of Rock cruise later in February. Um, and then they're, you know, we're, we're planning things for the whole year out, but, uh, we will definitely be, um, as soon as we get some rehearsal time, you know, we'll be working on implementing songs off of the new record into the set for the Scorpion set, because it's only 40, 45 minutes. We're doing kind of the best, the best of more well-known, uh, songs for the, for the Scorpions fan that might have, uh, not followed Queensryche in a long time or ever did, but they remember hearing Jet City Woman or Empire or Eyes of the Stranger or Silent City. 
So we, you know, we play the, the songs with the familiarity and then they go, oh, okay. And then we play one, we play Arrow of Time on this tour and plug the album that it's coming out October 2nd and, and uh, hopefully it piques their interest and then they'll want to see what Queensryche is all about today. Um, but yeah, we'll, we'll be doing a full tour next year and promoting the record and playing more stuff off the new record for sure. Awesome. Um, I wanted to see if I could uh, stump you a little bit and, and see if you can list what your five uh, favorite Queensryche songs are. Or is that, that too hard to, to ask? No, there's a lot of them, but, <laughs> uh, you know, I can You can, can be as obscure as you want, you know. Five Queensryche songs to listen to? Your favorite one? Yeah, like, like, like as I... a fan, like as, you know, not, not what you want to okay. play in live. Okay, as a, as a fan. Um... Roads to Madness, that's one. Yep. NM156 is two. Uh, the Warning is three. Um, London would be four. Cool. Oh, gosh. One more. Let me let me think. One more. Uh, maybe a Dream in Infrared. That would be five. Uh, those are five really, uh, really good ones, yeah, man. I love um, those. Yeah, yeah, that's great. I got a chance to finally see you uh, perform with the band last, I guess earlier this year before the Monsters of Rock Cruise. You guys did a, a little one-off show here in in uh, Florida, in South Florida, Miami. That was that. That was that. Like a dog track or yeah. a casino or something. Yeah, exactly. Outside. Outside. Uh, um, that was fun. Yeah, that was a fun show to watch, man. It was. I had never seen seen you other than the videos. And uh, was blown away. I mean, your your singing is just insane, and the band sounded Thank you so very uh, much. the band sounded uh, incredible. So I'm thrilled. Look, well, I, gr- uh, I I learned guitar on Mind Crime and Empire, and that was my upbringing. So I'm I'm happy to have you guys uh, fully back. Awesome. Yeah. Well, thank you so very much. All right, man. Uh, have a great rest of the year trip. We'll see you on the road. Awesome. Thanks so much. I appreciate it. All right, man. Thank you. Take care. Bye bye. Thanks to Todd for the interview. We're going to play a track off of Condition Human. This is Hellfire. For more information and upcoming interviews, please check theprogreport.com. Follow us on Facebook, at The Prog Report on Twitter, or download our podcast on iTunes. Thanks.